technical difficulties are for frauds. We might have had one, but it doesn't mean we're that. Dolphins, we're not going to talk about the Chicago team. We're They're boring. We don't talk about them at all. But an interesting and fun week, too, at least in the early slate. And the second slate surprised us. Plus, our boys got a stunting in the Sunday night cap. We got a lots to get to. It's your boy, JN, the JNN extravaganza. And we're going to have all of the action here. The Educated Ignorance Podcast. Next. Serving the Quad Cities area since 1973. And with over 50 years of excellence on their track record, you'll see why it's so easy to trust their experts when it comes to all of your home improvement projects. This family-owned business has you covered on all your needs. Protect your home or building from the elements today and get great roof repair services. Need new windows? No problem. Durham Remodeling can upgrade your windows and doors. Whether you want to upgrade the little details in your home or office or want to tear a room down and start fresh, the expert contractors at Durham Remodeling have your back. Even the smallest changes can completely transform your space. Ready to start entertaining your friends for backyard barbecues? Durham Remodeling will help you plan, design, and build your deck and patio for the perfect outdoor space. Durham Remodeling's work is 100% guaranteed, so you can rest assured that you're getting the best service around. Call 309-786-6715 today for your free estimate for all your roofing, siding, flooring, windows, and painting needs. That's Durham Remodeling, 309-786-6715. Nick did a great job recording that promo or talking, doing it while we were paused there. But regardless... It's your boys. It's Sunday week two, the Sunday night post show, the Educated Ignorance podcast. I'm Joe with the show Winkle with my friend, this trusty stallion himself, Nick Brinks, Brinksy, my boy, my bestie, my podcast wife. But we're going by some new names today, baby. It's it's Joey Palm Trees and South Beach Nikki. I need some shades and a pink suit, baby. The fins are 2-0. and We're jacked. How are you doing tonight? Doing great. Really enjoyed uh, enjoyed that first half tonight. Second half, not so great, but you know what? They did enough in the first half, and defense played well. That was my big worry going into tonight was how was the defense and how uh, my the worry was how was Bill Belichick going to stop the offense, and at least early on, didn't look like they uh, were doing very, very good at it. So get away from Foxborough with a win. I'll take it. Means I'm in a good mood today. And tonight. Exactly. And we had some good football today. We had some high scoring games. We saw some fun things that we'll talk about over the next 90 minutes. Yeah, a lot of fun stuff. We're going to get to all of that. We had a doozy in Atlanta where, again, another example of me not going with my gut because I'm a coward. Pay Should have, would have paid off. Uh, I don't know if we'll talk about the greatest cover play ever ran by Sean McVay to save my offer for the weekend. We're also going to talk about we thought that we were about to get a light show in Jacksonville today and we got an ugly boxing match and uh, it was still kind of entertaining. But man, a lot of meat was left on the bone. And then we're going to play some two and oh, oh, and two dead and a lot dead or alive. We'll we'll discuss the meaning of that when we get there. But we have such a great show to get there. Nick, you ready to talk some ball, my friend? Yeah, yeah. Let's get after it. (laughs) 
listening to the Four Frequency Sake Network. The fun has begun. I don't know what you're looking at me like that for, for the love of everything that is. That is not, I what I heard <laughs> like in the middle of that, it slowed way down and got way deeper, and that was not what I intended it, when I recorded it. Sometimes it does. I don't think that's you. Sometimes it yeah. does that. Sometimes it does that. <laughs> but regardless, it's good. It's good. Uh, sorry that we're a little late. We had a technical problem. It's no one's fault. Sometimes life happens because I've been there before and I hate when it happens. Um, but it's all right. We're here. We're live. We're ready to rock. And our boys did it, man. It's we got, we're dropping the mixtape tonight. Apart, if they would have went up twenty-four to three and they would have like rolled, uh, you know, I would have came on here and maybe lit a cigar tonight. Honestly, we would have rolled them up and put them in that pack. But it's all right. Joey Palm Trees and South Beach Nikki still got still here repping because we got it done. The Dolphins are two and zero. They get a twenty-four to seventeen win in New England. Uh, they're two and zero with both of their wins coming on the road, which is pretty damn impressive, if you ask me. Just a casual, you know, dumb media guy, as the folks say. I don't have fancy algorithms or, you know, uh, hard drives. Or, um, and a mustache, a mustache. No, I like stop it. I like him. That's mean. Inside joke. Uh, I kind of uh, I need to shave, bro. Uh, I just I talk shit to all clipboard people. Um, not that that has anything to do with anything, although people loved when Tua threw that pick tonight. Those clipboard geeks, they got their they got their right. There you go. The clipboard gang, they got their rocks off when Tua, you know, ran, you know, needed a three wood, but he busted out a pitching wedge on that deep ball to Tyreek down the sideline. Uh, regardless, the Dolphins get out of Dodge with the win. I'll get my thoughts on it in a minute, but I want your original take. What were your expectations coming into the game? And on both sides of the ball, if you want to give grades like the old undisputed Shannon Sharp skip Bayless debates, you can give those. But, uh, what is your overall assessment on the evening, the game, and the Dolphins getting to 2-0 and on the season? Well, after the game last week, I was really worried that the Patriots would have a field day running the football like the Chargers did. So they passed that test. That was good to see. They kept uh, uh, Stevenson and Zeke in check. I mean, they made some big plays down the stretch, especially, well, really only Stevenson. Um, so. Nothing above what you would expect on a normal day. You know, they're going to make some plays. But, yeah, after last week, I was really worried that uh, run defense would be a big issue. Was not a big concern that uh, what didn't actually turn out to be a concern tonight. So that was good. I figured going into tonight that the Patriots defense would do something to slow down the, the, the Dolphins offense. And worst case scenario, I kept thinking, I hope they don't do what the Chargers did on Sunday night football last year when they made Tua look silly with like three completions through three quarters. And then they came out throwing the rock, slinging it early, playing well, moving it right down the field. Um, So first drive, I think they kicked the field goal. And then the second drive, they went down and got the touchdown two drives in. And I was feeling I was feeling really good. Offense was doing what they needed to do. Defense, they're making plays. And then uh, really for Miami, the bulk of what I was really excited about tonight was all in the first half. Second half, 
I there wasn't a whole lot that I was super excited about, but when you've got a nice lead at halftime, you know, you have that luxury. You don't have to play perfect the entire 60 minutes. I thought New England we, made some plays too. Yeah, yeah, they 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 did some nice things late and uh you know, I thought Mac Jones actually played pretty well tonight overall. Yeah, um, all things I considered. I think he had one one interception. Yeah, where he tried to throw a jump ball to the to captain doesn't fight for jump balls. We know yeah. that. Yeah, uh, and, I, and Xavier and Howard put him in hell. Very, I feel like that was a very similar play to to Tua. I mean, defender made a nice grab, and the I think the Mac Jones throw was actually better than Tua's interception. But you know, yeah, Tua just everyone ran will have the ball. Everyone will have a an off throw on a night, but mm-hmm. um, now overall, very very pleased with the first half. Second half, there was just a lot of uh, you know, wasn't as good as the first half, but they did enough and. Patriots made a couple a plays. Nice Waddle, I would have, I would have liked to see what would have happened if. So remember the first down play. Uh, they they pinned us on a punt at like the five or six. I would have liked the first play of that drive. We threw the the RPO to Waddle, and it was a little behind him, but he also he could have caught it and he dropped it. I would have liked that was in the third quarter. Still, I would have liked to see what happened if he caught that because he could have gone. Like that could have been a huge play. Um, they also had, uh, they had a punt on that drive, right? Like, the yeah, play later. Uh, yeah, because that was right at the end of the third quarter. That drive, because the start of the fourth quarter was them punting from their end zone. Um, there was another play. I think it was, yeah, it was the play right before the stupid ass blocked field goal that we're driving down the field. Eleven play, sixty-one yard drive. And they run cover zero, and Duggar fakes the blitz and drops out. But if we hit 18, which I don't know his name yet, but I'm sure we will eventually because it feels like Eric Because <laughs> it feels like McDaniel. Where'd we get that guy? Yeah, I was, I thought that today too. I was like, I saw his name last week. I have no idea who you are. It feels like McDaniel was like trying to get him involved. Yeah. And he would have caught that like slant on the cover zero beater. Duggar will get Duggar makes an insane play, you know, where and then the next play they blocked the field goal. So there were a couple just nice plays and the pick, even on the two of pick where Ty, he has Tyreek down the rail. If he, if he hits him down the sideline, it's six, but he underthrows it a bit and it stays to the numbers and Gonzalez makes that play. And by the way, that kid's good. Hashtag good. But you mentioned the first two drives. So you get the stop at midfield. You know, defense kind of figuring it out. Then you go, then you go 13, 81, 7, 13, right down the field. Bam, bam, bam. But you get stopped in the red zone. And immediately I said, All right, when they get in tight, they're gonna have to run the ball tonight. Because they'll they'll just bracket up the goal lines and they won't let sh- they won't let anything in. And then Bradley Chubb, thanks for being thanks for was this real quick, random question. Was tonight's Bradley Chubb's best game as a dolphin? He he definitely seemed to make more plays than we've been accustomed to. <laughs> he had a couple pressures. I thought he was active everywhere. In the absence of Jalen Phillips, who is probably their best defensive player right now, let's just be honest. Am I nuts to say that? Because I don't think I am. Uh, Phillips, I thought Chubb was great. Uh, had the he forced that fumble. And then they go right down the field and score. And on the second drive, they ran it in. So that's where I was like, okay, this offense is dealing and feeling good. Um, 
But that touchdown and the half, man. My gosh, that was that was surgical stuff. The yeah. the play design, the continuous to keep them off balance, the everything they're running, the the ball that Tua threw to Barrios before the touchdown on the wheel. First off, if I don't know, I want to, I would love to see the the route concept on that. <clears throat> but it looked like Tyreek was running like a deep corner. If Tyreek's not running a deep corner, it's a touchdown because he it's in it's man and he brings a guy over with him to come and make the play. Uh but Tua just dropped it in there from heaven. That was sick. And then they run the quick little hitter with using their motion and all their eye candy on offense on the goal line. But yeah, man, I'm really impressed. I'm really happy. I told my friend today literally what I like I said, listen, man, people are going to – this is how people are going to feel after this game because people love to hate Tua. They're going to be like, oh, he threw for 460 yards last week, and they're going to look at his stats, and he'll throw for like 270, probably a touchdown, maybe two. He'll have a dumb pick somewhere probably because either he'll he'll miss one or Belichick will get him on one, uh, which we'll get to in a sec. And he'll have that type of night, and he'll do what he always does, which is – Beat the New England Patriots because what is he, Nick? He is undefeated, five and zero against the New England Patriots. Uh, so yeah, and what did he exactly have tonight? He had, uh, oh, you know, two forty nine, a touchdown, a pick that you could probably say is bad, but everything moved well. They ran the ball well and efficiently, which I was really impressed with. And defensively was the biggest step up for me because they beat the Patriots up front. Without their best D lineman, uh, and they don't have too much depth on the defensive front. Van Ginkle was great tonight. Maybe that's something that that Vic can unlock. But tonight was a Vic Fangio special because he was dialing it up at perfect times. And I'm happy, man. I'm pleased. Too many people are going to probably look into this as like, a, oh, well, the, the Dolphins are doing this and that and that. It's, it's like, listen, man. Drives that we don't score, the, the you know the 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 other team has pros too, and I know people want to hate on Tua, but listen, man, I thought tonight was good. Tonight was really good. I have not been this pleased and content with how two games have gone to start a year in quite some time for the Miami Dolphins. Even last year, because last year we had that Baltimore game in Week Two that was just a we came back to win and it was like electric, like oh my god. But also, it was like we were down thirty-five to like seven. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you're 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 more of an X's and O guy that, that, than I am. What did you see in the second half that allowed the the Patriots to get their two touchdowns in a way that Miami had just completely eliminated their offense in the first half? On the Miami, on the so the okay for the Patriots, the Dolphins defense and the Patriots offense. They go. They went tempo a bit, which. And they, you know they actually I, said that. They said that in the – I think it was um, – They maybe, said it on the broadcast. Maybe on their last drive, they're like, yeah, when when they're when they're going quick, when they're doing the two-minute offense, like this is when Mac Jones looks like he's at his best. Which so. means – which is code in the NFL for your quarterback sucks. Trust <laughs> me, I know. Because the Mitch Trubisky special was, man, if only they ran that two-minute offense all game. Oh my God! It's like, guess what? You're catching the defense napping. Um, the touchdown drive 
to make it 17-10, you know, short field after the punt. Or no, was that after? Yeah, that was after the punt. Um, they got a couple nice plays running the ball. Also, the pass that Jones hit uh, for the touchdown was a flag. But what do I know? Um, they were blocking downfield, and then they turned into passer pass catchers. But whatever. Um, I don't think it was anything. I mean, their their biggest problem right now is they're thin at DB. They like this team needs Jalen Ramsey. Um, it's why they went out to get him. Eli Apple is fine. He's fine, but he's he's still a magnet for penalties. He gets eat up a lot. He's not that big. Xavier uh, Howard has his moments where it's like, what are you doing? Um, I think they're really good downhill defensively. Like they had a third and one in the second half with Stevenson. They ran the, a toss to Stevenson and Javon Holland just comes down <laughs> and fucking blows it up. Javon Holland's like one of my favorite players on this team. Um Cater Kohu's turning into a really nice player. He has a few nice plays, but yeah, man, I just think that the, the Pats were due to get theirs. And the second touchdown drive, the one that made it 24-17, like uh I I that the the the, the defense went into mode, pretty much. Honestly. There were a couple bad illegal contact. DPI calls like the second one on Apple was really bad, but yeah, the defense just kind of went into snooze fest mode on the, okay. on the second one. And right. you saw when they needed to on that last drive, you know, what happens? They're starting to drive a little bit. And then what happens? Chubb runs through the left tackle and sacks them. Like they, yeah. when they needed to make plays tonight, they did on defense player of the game. Raheem Mostert. What a stud tonight. Yeah, he was really good. He he turned it on in the second half when they weren't they weren't necessarily scoring points, but he was racking up big yardage. And then obviously he got the uh, the touchdown to put them back up. I think was it twenty four ten. Yep. Yeah. Because it went oh. because they, they had the block had just scored, and uh, you felt like you you needed that extra touchdown. So you you're, if you give up a score, you're still up a score and. Yeah, Mostert. He, what a drive he had to, to put that one away, really. And it was the yeah, because it's seventeen to ten, and then we take the shot to to to, to Tyreek picked off, and then we we force him to go three and out. Yeah, which is huge. Um, Van Ginkle had another sack. He was everywhere tonight. My God, Van Ginkle had a sack. Right um, of Northwest Iowa, and then uh, and then first play we run inside zone. And boom, he hits it and he's gone. Um, listen, I like Nick Ahmed to a degree. I would love to see more of Devin A-Chain, and I think we will. But holy shit, man, I hope Mozart stays healthy. Yeah. <laughs> he's a difference right. maker, man. He it, he's not like a he's not like a top 15 back, but like he just he's got that explosiveness, right? Especially with how they run a lot of their run game, where it's kind of on the perimeter, and they got to set up these developed runs, and you string it out, and then you kind of just need that burst. You need to string it out, string it out. Then once you get the block in the seam, you got to hit it, you got to go. And he's good at that. And there, the touchdown run did come up. It was set up off of a bunch of 
They run a lot of outside zone stuff. And then they also run where they have that, you know, the it's called the sniffer, but it's like where the if you have like a wing or the fullback, it's where uh 30 Ingold is that Ingold? It's yeah, where he would it. play. Him or Smythe usually are there, and they kind of run the flat. Their their favorite RPO, obviously, is the slant, a little wheel with the guy in the flat. That's their RPO. And it's automatic. It's one of the best, it's one of the most automatic plays in the league. But they score that touchdown because Ingold is coming to, to, to set it up. You freeze the DBs with motion. Ingold blocks. They All of their offense run game-wise has been outside zone. You get the block there. You cut it with the double team with the guard in the center, and then he hits the hole and he's gone. No one's home. And, you know, he's got the speed to split the uprights when teams are playing too high safety because of your, you don't want to get burned deep by 10 or 17 and he can hit the seam, and then no one can catch him. That's the juice that he has. And and that was nice to see tonight. So you're right. Mostert tonight, that was nice. Because they they had to have moments where they needed to run the ball. And at times, we haven't had that. And it was nice to see Mike know, all right, let's, let's pound the rock. And they did. And the offensive line. It was funny. When, when they did the starting lineups, and they do the PFF rankings, and like almost all of the linemen, except maybe one or two, they don't even have the PFF designation because they're not ranked. But as a unit, two games in, they're doing a pretty darn good job. Tua got sacked for the first time all season. They created those huge holes for Mostert to run through. Unsung Jake. heroes, offensive line for the Miami Dolphins, playing really well two weeks in. Yeah, and, and sometimes, listen, sometimes Matthew Judon's going to get a sack. He's really good. He's really good. Uh, I also ha- want to make a statement. Um, you mentioned the O-line, dude. Yeah, pretty damn good, huh? Without their best O-lineman, <laughs> pretty good. Can't cap. They've been through two games, man. Really good. And they were picking up blitzes. They are getting the ball out fast. The thing I'm most impressed with when it comes to the offense, well, one of them, is that Tua didn't blindly force one with how the offense goes, it, a lot of it is sometimes like you're throwing the ball to a spot knowing that we're going to get there, right? And Nate Dismit in the comments said, Fudge, yeah, I made it, baby. Love y'all. Nate, we love you too, bro. Thanks for hanging out with us um, as always. So a lot of that offense, Nick, is read and react. We both know that. And tonight it was really encouraging to see that we didn't have any of those moments where Tua would come out of a play action or come off the snap on an RPO throw the ball to a spot and Bill fooled him and got a pick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We had none of those tonight. The one pick was look to a, to a shank to a kind of shifted off the T box. Oh, well it happens. And Gonzalez is a freak dude. Oh my God. He's so good. I'm, I can't believe the Patriots have him. He's so good. <laughs> I can't believe he fell in the first round. Um, two is more careful and it shows big IQ. Yeah. Like he's he's evolving, man. He's really evolving. And he's basically like a point guard. He the 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 Dolph I just came up with this on the spot. The Dolphins, Nick, are the seven seconds or left sons, and Tua just needs to be Steve Nash. Some <laughs> nights he'll have his four hundred and sixty yard games like last week, where it's Steve Nash dropping a bunch of buckets everywhere. You know, but tonight, just get it out to your boys. I just thought of this too. 
let's let's think about the last two games. Obviously, two road wins against a playoff team last year, and the Patriots are, you know, kind of a perennial playoff contender. It's still one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah. Think about what Miami did in the last basically two minutes of the halves in contested ball games. Like last week, they were so confident in their offense that they took that timeout with 14 seconds left to get the ball back to try to get in field goal range, take advantage of a pass interference, but you gotta you gotta you gotta throw the ball and you gotta have the guy in the right spot to draw that flag anyway. And then at the end of the game, obviously they go down the field and they take the lead. So what do we do this week? Two minutes to go, get the football, you drive down the field and get a touchdown. It's when when you've got a team and an offense that it feels like like I don't want to say it's it's a foregone conclusion that when Miami needs something to happen that they're going to go do it. Like that's that's kind of how we've gotten with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs like if there's any time on the clock, a minute or two, you you know they're going to go down and get a get a touchdown. But through two games, this Miami offense is starting to give us that confidence where, you know, if we're in a close game and we need the big plays on this drive, we feel like we're going to get them. Yeah. Now, and- will that continue? I don't know. I hope so. But uh, really, really like seeing that. And I liked the aggression again from McDaniel again today because I think he took a timeout after like, second down when the Patriots were, you know, near midfield or, or something like that. It's like he has faith that his defense is one, not going to give up a first down and where you're now giving the Patriots extra time to score themselves. Uh-huh. So you have confidence in the defense, but then you have confidence in your offense to take advantage of it. And I, I like that aggression and I like that they have been able to not only be confident, but to put up or shut up. And they've been putting up. Yeah, the end of that last drive in the first half, man. I that mean, was that was good surgery. Good God, that was just <sighs> chopping them up. Two was out there, fucking dealing like Texas Hold'em. Uh, two quick, couple quick things. Um, we mentioned the run game. Uh. I think this offensive line is showing right now that we can design stuff up to where it's not like a, a disaster other than under center snaps. So let's just not do that again. <laughs> even yeah, fumbled that, the kneel down. I don't know if you saw that or not. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even just the under center. Like there have been, there were two shotgun snaps tonight too. There's one that went high and one that went, one that went low. Yeah. Two went up and got Close. the one that went high. And I don't think anything good happened on that play. I don't think the one he went up and got high. It was a toss to Mostert. He got like eight yards on it. It okay. was a drive that two through the pick. Okay. Um, so they've got to clean that up. Yes. That, that burned them last week. It cost them uh, probably a touchdown at the beginning of the game, at, at least at minimum a field goal. Mm-hmm. And tonight um, they were lucky that it didn't cost them anything more than maybe just not getting a play on third down. You know, you didn't turn it over. But uh, that – it's becoming a trend now. We we saw it more than once, maybe twice last week. We saw it almost more tonight, but they didn't uh, they didn't turn into tragedies. So the, they got, through two games, you cannot have six or seven mishandled snaps. So obviously, he and the center 
they need to work on that and and f- figure it out because you get down to the 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 stretch portion of the season that's not going to end well the thing that i was going to love the most about this game is that Listen, if he doesn't fumble that snap, I said that because I wanted to bring up this. If he does, you can listen. We're blowing them off the line. We're rolling. If he does, if he doesn't fumble the snap, we're picking the first down up, and they're not getting the ball back. Yeah, and then we don't have to argue if Cole Strange got a fucking first down or not. But what um, a cool play it was! I mean, I'm yeah. glad it didn't work out, but that was hella cool for Gasecki to be heads up enough to be looking and realizing that he didn't have the first. Well, you know, you can do that when you're stood up for so long that technically <laughs> the play should be blown dead three goddamn times. Yeah, not but what do I know? Not um, it's just like, come on, man. Um, <laughs> and then the other thing is, do we need to go? Are we going to go sign a kicker? He's going to lose us a game. And the, the, that's the thing. The pro- like, real quick, he, the thing is, I'm going to be. Before. He has. Uh, the, I'm just worried that. I had this worry last year, and I have it now. He's going to cost us a game. And the more and more we get closer to January, if it hasn't happened yet, I'm going to be worried that the game he's going to cost us is a chance to win the title. Because if this team continues the way I think it is, we are going to feel like we are at least in the smallest of circles to win the championship. And we kind of felt that way last year, but then Tua, you know, got a little rangy-dingy. But... He's got to keep him upright. But your thoughts on that? The the we got feel like I don't know if it's malpractice if we don't go out and try to get another kicker, but uh, because they just signed it. I mean, they just resigned him to a decent kicker contract recently, didn't they? Man, maybe I don't yeah. know. But yeah, I, the 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 extra point last week that would have put them up three in a yep. game in the final minutes. You want that extra point for insurance to at least. Give yourself a tie if they go down the field and kick a field goal. So missing then, I mean, think about it now. He's he's 0 for 2 on kicks in the final, what? Two minutes. Two to four minutes of the game. Yeah, and I know the night was a 55-yarder, but if he hits that, that's game. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see if that comes up. Yeah, yeah. thankfully. Thank, yeah, as you said, thankfully these these unclutch kicks haven't hurt us. Not yet. Just know they will if you keep it up. 60 seconds or less on the Patriots. I know we just went a half hour on our boys. But anything on the Pats that is worth noting? So far, so for me, here's all I'm going to say. Patriots fans, listen to me and listen to me good. You guys can continue to tell yourself all of these moral victories you're getting. But these are the types of games you're going to play. When you have a limited offense, a limited quarterback, but also a really good defense. Okay? I just want you to understand that. Um, welcome to that world. You've had it for a while. This year, you actually have decent offensive coaching, so you're going to be able to do some stuff to a degree. But you still have Mac Jones. Here's the funny part, Nick. Literally three or four plays before Mac threw the pick, I said out loud, my roommate could attest to this. He's upstairs sleeping right now. I said, come on, Mac, throw it to us. You know you want to, and guess what he did? Three or four plays later, throws it right into the hands of Xavier Howard, just like that. Patriots fans, continue to tell yourself these are moral victories and not understand that you, as a team, are getting left in the dust, and your coach is also getting left in the dust because Mike McDaniel um, 
maybe a little out schematic to your boy tonight. So, yeah, enjoy being the basement dweller of the AFC East. Well, you would be if Aaron Rodgers didn't blow his Achilles last week. But, hey, that's a different story for a different day. Your thoughts, your final synopsis on the Pats before we take a break and then get into the other games today. The Pats would be feeling a lot better about themselves if we only played the third and fourth quarters this week and last week. Yep. They've, they've had to play from behind in the second half of both games because last week they pretty much spotted the Eagles like 16 free points right at the beginning of the game tonight. Dolphins go down, take a 17, three lead. So if there's anything that's good for them, I mean, whether it's second half adjustments or just, you know, getting your head out of your ass, you're, you're doing, you're doing something in the second half. And when you're the Patriots too, you look at the teams you've lost to the Eagles and dolphins and, early on this season, it seems like those two are maybe going to be two of the top teams. I, I, I know that they are in your, uh, your, I can't remember what you call them. Draw, I'm drawing a blank. Your, uh, your, your eight picks, your educated ignorance. Uh, oh, like the elite eight. eight. Elite, yeah, duh. Yeah. Elite eight. I mean, they've lost to two elite, eight, elite eight teams this season. So it's not like they're out losing to, uh, the giants or the Broncos <laughs> or Washington or That's something like that. So they're they're losing to quality quality opponents. Defense is playing well. Defense contained Tua for the most part tonight, and they shut down Tyreek as kind of expected. I kind of thought going in, he they're really good at taking out your best weapon, and they limit him limited him to like forty yards. So they yeah, they, it's they a style they play, and and it worked there. Um, but yeah, their their offense will need to. Uh, Pick up the pace. Because I think defense is that. Let me pull this just last thing. The uh, the statistics on where the fuck there it is. Who would it? Uh, just Waddle. on the eye test. Just on the eye test. Blurpy says Mac ain't the real issue. Oh yeah, he ain't the issue though. And I I I tend to say he looked okay tonight to my eye test anyway. He did, but just know whenever. When, because I know it, because I'm a Bears fan. Whenever your fan base says, "Man, I wish they ran the two-minute offense," still or the no huddle, just know that means you have a bad quarterback. That's NFL code for that. All right, take a quick break. We'll come back. We got a couple doozies to talk about. Yeah, doozies, fun games, but man, the one in the other game, the game in Florida today, one of them, very weird. We'll talk about that next. Transform your body into a canvas of exquisite storytelling and profound self-expression with the skilled hands of Ryan Allison. Craft custom masterpieces that tell your unique story together. Ryan specializes in color tattoos as well as black and gray. He also practices a diverse range of styles. Whether you're passionate about anime, fantasy, mythology, pop culture, video games, movies, the esoteric, nature, creatures, dot work, black work, or you have your own ideas, Ryan embraces your distinct vision with an unwavering commitment to passion, precision, and originality. Each project he undertakes is a labor of dedication, a fusion of research, artistic ingenuity, and profound symbolism. His commitment to authenticity is nothing short of remarkable, infusing his very soul into every creation. From half and full sleeves to body suits, awesome back pieces, to majestic front panels, Ryan is the artist for anyone seeking powerful, breathtaking artwork. With every stroke of his needle, he weaves a tale that's as unique as you are. Don't settle for ordinary tattoos. 
when you can elevate your ink to the extraordinary with Ryan Allison. Embark on your creative journey by booking a consultation with him and proudly exhibit your story on your skin. Visit Ryan at Why Not Ink Studio in North Park Mall or check out his portfolio online at ryanallison.art. Ryan Allison Tattoos. When you choose me, you're not just getting a tattoo, you're getting an experience. Shout out to Ryan Allison Tattoo and Durham Remodeling for being the sponsors of our For Frequency Sake Podcast Network. Side note here. Did Tua get a sleeve in the offseason? Is that new? I, yeah. I have not noticed that before, and I noticed it last week, and I was like, did he Did he just? Did he get a sleeve? It's that heritage, bro. He had to get like his blood. He's in the bloodline, dog. He had to get it like the Roman Reigns in the Rock. Don't but he, he didn't have it last year, right? I don't think so. He might have last year, but he definitely didn't in college and in early years. He definitely did not have it pre-Mikey Vapes. Okay. And I bet, I'm just spitballing here, he didn't go under anesthesia for it. Really? Oh, maybe. Uh, probably not. Oh, you didn't, hear, you, you didn't hear about that story last week then? Uh-uh. Dak got a sleeve on his leg, and he went under 11 oh. hours of anesthesia for it. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, they're doing that for a long time. Yeah. No, I... I just saw a bunch of people giving him crap, so I wanted to pile on. Nerds. Uh, speaking of Mikey Vapes, bro, how's it feel to know we got a top five coach in the league? <laughs> and we got the best DC in the league. <laughs> I've been so I'm I'm so glad I've got to cheer for two dick defenses coached by Vic Fangio. God, I love life. All right, let's talk about a game today that happened. Um we thought oh, this was boring game of the week. Who would have thought? Uh Nick, your overall thoughts on this interesting contest between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Kansas City Chiefs, as both teams are now one and one after the Chiefs just kind of find a way uh, against the Jags 17 to nine. Receivers caught some passes this week for Mahomes. Kadarius actually caught five of them, five yards. So, you know, good for them. The Jags limited Kelsey. I don't know if maybe his game plan was limited because of the injury and not wanting to rush back too much to the, you know, eight catch, 115 yard games, but uh, they limited him to four catches and 26 yards in the touchdown. So a very pedestrian day for Travis Kelsey. And, um, and you still were not able, if you're Jacksonville, you, if you limit Kelsey to 26 yards and you intercept Patrick Mahomes, but you still lose by more than a touchdown or more than seven, you're probably thinking, well, what the heck? We that we should have a chance, right? They uh they left meat on the boat, and we'll get to that. Travis looked slow today. The, the listen, man, deep, deep bone bruise. He'll be fine eventually, but it's gonna take a while. You could probably make the argument that he still shouldn't be playing. Um he was also way more pissy today than normal, which was weird. He got two 15-yarders for throwing a bitch fit on the field. Come on, Travis. You got a podcast. You're better than that. Look, they did a good job of, obviously, first off, they did a good job of making catches. Mahomes turned chicken shit into chicken salad a lot because he is dot, 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 or he is the greatest player dot, dot, dot of all time. Um, They still can't run the ball, even though – you know, Pacheco had some nice feisty moments today. Um, they just can't win one-on-ones, man. It's, it's, and, their, and their tackles aren't good. 
they're they're just not. That's a problem. Josh Allen was having his moments. Trayvon Walker for the Jags is turning into a really good player, and they're they were winning up front. Uh, my biggest takeaway from today, Nick, is that Doug Pete. This was a Trevor Lawrence wasn't great. Um, also, I don't know if you have this stat on your, on your record or not, but, uh, they definitely dropped at least, or they definitely had four passes caught in the end zone today where they did not get to to, to, uh, double tap the feet in. So, uh, yeah, I'm coaching that up if I'm the Jags this week. Uh, also, um, Doug Peterson left a lot on the, they left a lot of meat on the bone. It's the f- second quarter. It's a it's a just an absolute slog. But your defense is it, your defense is hooping. You force two turnovers. You have the game in this kind of nasty, weird spot. You've driven the ball to midfield. It's fourth down and five, and for some reason they go for it. I don't know why they do this, but there's four ten left in the half. All just punt the ball away, pin them, and continue to play good defense. They don't go, they go for it, they don't get it. And of course, seven plays later, the Chiefs score. And that just felt inevitable that that was coming. And listen, they did a good job to get right back down the field and make it seven to six, but then they give up the touchdown to start the half. So, like that moment right there isn't where the Chiefs isn't where they lost it exactly. But today was not a good Doug Peterson day. They had a couple plays that got blown up, um, and that happens. The Jags are definitely going to probably feel like they left this one on the bone. Also, they went for it on fourth down instead of with like four minutes left, five minutes. Yeah, four and a half minutes left. They went for it on fourth down. I know you don't want to kick another field goal. You're down eight, but kick the field goal there. It's fourth and goal from the sixteen. Kick the field goal, make it 17-12, trot your defense back out there that's been stopping them all day. Instead, they go for it. There's four and a half minutes left, and the Chiefs go 10 plays and 70-something yards, and they run the clock out. It's just Peterson made some weird decisions today. Lawrence wasn't great, but he didn't get help much from the receivers. Kirk was good. Um, Just a weird game uh, overall. But, man, Jags are going to feel like they left a lot of meat on the bone, I think. It's going to be a we- – I wonder if it's going to be a weird year for the Jags because last week Ridley and Jones were lights out as receivers. Today they combined for 14 targets, two catches, 32 yards, both for Ridley, while Christian Kirk, who did nothing last week, went off. Picks up 110 yards on 11 catches and was targeted 14 times. So that's going to be a, a receiving trio, I think, that at they least for, for people in fantasy, they're going to be like, oh, boy, that, which which dart are we throwing this week? Yeah, that'll take that'll be tough, but I think they'll be OK. I still think this is going to be one of the top five offenses rating like numbers wise in the league. The Chiefs defense is really good. And guess who? Hey, here's a crazy thought, Nick. You know who? Know, do you know? Do you want to know who's an important player for the Kansas City Chiefs? Chris Jones. No shit. <laughs> what a day! What a comeback! Couple sacks, just blowing shit up. Yeah, turns out that guy's good and he's important. Um, and he looked the part. 
And their defense is nasty, man. Chiefs defense is disgusting. That's a top 10 unit. But the Jags will be fine. I think they're good, really good. People don't want to give them credit, but they're really good. Any other thoughts on this one? Just did not expect that to be the defensive struggle of the day. I was hoping we'd get a game, you know, 34-31. That's kind of what I expected, but nope. But that's all right. No, this that game was fought in a phone booth for three hours. But hey, man, I'm with it. Jags are fine, though. They're right there. They're right there. And then real quick, next few weeks for them, Texans at home, and then they go. They do go to London for two straight weeks for the Falcons and the and the Bills. So those are two interesting weeks for them. We'll see how that goes, but take care of business at home next week against Houston. Get on track, and then two tough games overseas. Should the Chiefs be worried about their offense through two great, games? Great questioning. That's why you're my. That's why you're my podcast wife, my co-host. I'd yes like to no. no, but yeah, it's like they they just don't look they don't look like we expect them to look. And that could that can be better than 25 offenses in the league, but it's not the Kansas City we've been accustomed to seeing. And so through two weeks, yeah, I, I do have some worries about they, that offense. I, I'm curious. Besides Travis Kelsey, who is going to step up as the guy that Mahomes can find? I mean, today it was kind of Sky Moore. He had some nice plays and got a touchdown. Yeah, that and a, but a he lot. But last week, neither but was Curious Tony, and we'll be. It'll be curious. I'll be curious to see what happens. Sorry to cut you out there, but War, he he finished with like seventy something yards. Seventy and a and a lot of his yards came on that third down conversion. <laughs> yeah, the third down conversion late in the game where they he just got Mahomes got loose and threw like a little hook pass down the sideline and he just got more got open and nearly broke it. <sighs> That's their problem. Man. They don't have guys getting open. Man, they don't have guys that can win on the outside. A lot. Like listen, Kadarius Tony made I said this last week, I'll say it again. Kadarius Tony made a great play in the Super Bowl. Uh, him and Sky Moore both caught touchdowns in the Super Bowl, but those were touchdowns that my dog would have been able to score on because they were schemed to shit. And listen, they just can't win matchups. I will. There is also the fact that the answer to the question you or the the, the question you said not to me, but in your mind, who's going to be the next guy? There's a really good chance that that guy is not on the team yet. But we'll see. I I thought they should have went after like Brandon Cooks a couple years ago. Remember when they had that terrible start? They were like four and five. They were they were dog shit. The year after they lost the Bucks Super Bowl, um, they were terrible to start the year. The first nine ten weeks, I thought they should have went out and got Brandon Cooks at the deadline that year because they didn't have an X receiver. Um, I like this team a lot, way more than that one, just for the fact that that they're that they can their defense is great, but. Their, their tackles aren't that good. Jawan Taylor is fine, but he gets beat too much. Um, and their other tackle isn't good. So that's not good. I mean, just think of how many times in week one, Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson was like wrecking havoc. And then today, Josh Allen, Trey Walker and company. Yeah, that'll be something they continue to face. Not next week, though, because they play the Bears. And I can already tell you something. Uh, one of the sinister six picks will be we are laying whatever number the Chiefs have against the Bears. I do not how, give a shit. How high do you think it'll go? 
It's at 13 right now. It opened at 11 and a half. It's at like 13. We will lay it. <laughs> I don't give a rip. Fade the bears. Fade them. Fade them. Uh, all right. Moving on. Uh, what a game in Atlanta. What a game. Hey, man, I got to say this. I gave him shit, and I'm been I'm with the amount of juice that this team has and the amount of players they got and the position that they're in in that wonky ass division in an NFC that, yeah, they've got two teams, three teams that we know are at the top, but like we got a whole lot of teams that are just waiting right there. If any of them kind of slip up, the fact that the Falcons didn't go out to get a Lamar or get in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes felt weird. And I don't think Desmond Ritter is the answer by any means, but man, it was nice to see him have some juice today. It's not going to look pretty, but they found ways and their defense found ways. And in a game where they traded three for two for what felt like about a month and a half (laughs) throughout the game, uh, that was impressive to stick around and then in that fourth quarter just make plays when needed, whether it was Ritter running, him making some throws, the the defense getting stops. I'm impressed with what the Falcons did today, man. Um, I'm a little higher on Green Bay, too, than I was to a degree, but Atlanta, too, like I really feel like this team could be not not like great, great, but like this team's good, man. Like they're really good. NFC South division winning good, which, you know, can yeah. be eight, eight and nine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But res- and respectable, though. Yeah, for sure. Like not not like the Bucks last year. <laughs> that was a disaster. Yeah, that was not good. Mm-mm. Speaking of which, did not expect that team to be two and oh, but maybe more on that later. Um, it was every time uh, Robinson got a carry today, I just felt like. I kept saying to my wife, who's a big Packer fan, I kept saying, damn, that guy's good. You want to say it? You want? Oh, go ahead. You, sorry. Go for it. No, I was just going to say, dude, dude, balls, <laughs> bald and balls, current sense uh, of the word, <laughs> present tense. Pause. Um, he uh, just a fun guy to watch. And I took a nap in the fourth quarter, actually, because I was like, I'm going to be on late tonight. I better squeeze in like a half hour nap this afternoon. So I took a nap at the end of the noon game window. Uh I went to bed and the Packers were up, I think 24 to 12. And I woke up and it was 24 to 22. And the Falcons were about to kick the game winning field goal. Um, And I was like, what the heck happened? And, And now I'm looking at the numbers. The Falcons ran the ball 45 times today and they, they trailed the entire game. And a lot of it by multiple possessions, but they know that their strength is running the football. And if you can be down two touchdowns and you're still running the football and you come back and win, that is that is wild to me. And that is dangerous. Dude, their O-line is nasty. Like, they got dudes. When I did my blue chip roster ratio thing, their entire interior line was on my list. Guard, center, guard. They, they have like all the pros now, huh? They kind of look like the Ravens with Lamar yeah. Jackson, where it's run first with the occasional pass. I mean, he did attempt 32 passes today, but 
Damn, 45 rushing attempts for Robinson, Algier, and Ritter in a game that they trailed. And it sounds like their uh, their coach made some ballsy decisions. I heard him talking about it. I didn't actually see it, but I love it when a coach is aggressive. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like rather than just kicking a field goal, they uh, they went for it to take more time off the clock, and it worked. I like, uh, I like when coaches show balls like that. Do you... Um, by the way, do you, I was going to say, do you want to say it about B. John Robinson or do you want me to say it? Go for it. It's the best running back in the NFL. Already. I also said that the night he was drafted, but I just want to reaffirm, reaffirm with everybody watching, that's the best. Do you have pushback? I hope not. I would say... I mean, if you're if you're picking one running back to to take on your team today, I I think that's that's probably possible because you've got you've got tread left on the tires. You know, someone like Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, they're they're definitely at the at the back end of their RB, uh, you know, their RB one life. Yeah, closer to the back end than the front end, anyway. So yeah, I wouldn't. I, I don't know if I'd necessarily say he's the number one guy total but if you had to pick just one to put on your team today because you know you've got you know several really good years left yeah i can i could i would take that argument yeah that his tape is nasty it pops uh here's some of those decisions you were talking about let me go through they go down 24 to 12 uh 24 to 12 green bay made some big plays they hit some big shots listen man i i uh Love's numbers weren't great today, but God, I I do have to admit, he looks just he looks comfortable out there, man. He does look composed and he's got it under control. Is his arm great? Eh. But um they'll be around all year. Because they're young guys they got on the on the outside. They're fun, man. They are fun. And they hung in there without <laughs> They're without their number one receiver. They're without their number one running back and their best O-lineman. And they were they were in it all game. And Love just is comfortable. Tell you what, I know a certain divisional rival that's in his third year, and it don't look like... I know they're technically... No, Love's a year older, draft class-wise. But I'll tell you this, when it comes to starts, the other guy has a boatload more of them, and he don't look comfortable like that. Ten in Green Bay. I don't know if he's a long-term player, but I just wanted to throw that out there that he he's all right. They'll be around all year because of him and the team that they have. But he's also a good good reason about a uh, portion behind it. But yeah, here's some of the plays that they made, man. Uh, down twenty-four to twelve, fourth and four from the Green Bay six touchdown pass or no fourth and four read option with Ritter. He he turns the corner and scores. So the fourth down run with Ritter. Um they end up kicking a field goal to make it 24 to 22. And then on their final drive, fourth and one. Um, they're just trying to kill clock. There's just over two minutes to go. Fourth and one from the Green Bay 23. They're already in field goal range, but they want to melt more clock. Bijan, uh, seven yards. Then they had another fourth down that they could have gone for, um, but they, that was when they decided to kick the field goal. 
and uh, and to, to put him up. But yeah, man, Arthur Smith is a great coach. He knows exact. This is the thing we were, we were talking about last year with him. He knows exactly what this team is and how to make it work. And listen, I'll say this again: Desmond Ritter. It's not great. It's a little weird, but he was able to distribute the ball. He made plays. He's got way better running ability than I ever thought he could or would have. And they found a way to win, man. And they're going to find a way to win a lot of games because they just got dudes everywhere. Yeah. Two, two teams that I'm looking, I'm really interested to see how they progress throughout the season. Like before the season, I don't think we were very high on the Packers. I think we were decently high on the Falcons, at least compared to where they've been the last few years. And yeah, the Packers have some questions after, you know, seemingly letting a comfortable lead slip away and, and losing. But I think they're, uh, they, they were missing quite a, they were missing a lot of pieces today. Do you like my sediment just talking about love and how comfortable he looks? Um, I guess like it's I a smooth ass operation. Yeah, I think so, for the most part. Um, he he hasn't made like major mistakes. hasn't thrown any interceptions through two weeks. Six touchdowns. You know, he's making plays, not making mistakes. I think that's really all you can ask. I'm not. He's not a rookie, but you know, in in terms of starting, you know, he's mm-hmm. he's he's closer to a rookie than a veteran. So he's he's to start his career with. The way he's been throwing the football, I think they have to be pretty pleased with the direction that he is trending. I agree 100%. All right. You ready to play a game? Let's play a game. Let's play 2-0, and 0-2, dead or alive. There are two, as of today, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Shout out to the NFC East. My God. Uh, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 teams. Half the league right now is either 2 and 0 or 0 and 2. We're going to go through mo- pretty we're going to go through quickly all of them and say if they're 2 and 0 or 0 and 2 are they dead or alive? As in if you're a 2 and 0 team, are you a real are you a real threat to make the playoffs or not? Uh or if you're an 0 and 2 team, uh are is your season over or do you still have a chance? Fun fact since the since the uh, I, I read this stat earlier today, since 2020, which is when the uh, playoffs expanded to seven teams on each side, 33 teams have started 0 and 2. Only one of them has made the playoffs. Last year's Bengals, and they are 0 and 2 again. Let us um, let's see here. We there are certain teams that are two and zero that we're not going to get to because I think those are obvious. But I want to go through a couple of the two and zero teams. Actually, yeah, just we'll go through three two and zero teams because I'm interested on your take, and then we'll mainly talk about the zero and two teams. First two and zero team is the team we just talked about, the Atlanta Falcons, dead or alive when it comes to. Serious threat to either win their division, make the playoffs, anything. Serious threat to win their division, absolutely. So alive. Yes, I would say they are alive. Do I see them as a Super Bowl contender? No, or at least not yet. But to do, to win that division, yes. All right. And then I will also agree with you. I, I picked them to win the division early in the year. I think even if the Saints get to 2-0 tomorrow against the Panthers who stink, 
Um, I think the Panthers and the Falcons are clearly the two best teams in that division, which brings us to the other team in the NFC South that is 2-0 at the moment. The Tampa Bay Bucks. they won a game today against uh, uh, the uh, Chicago football team, a.k.a. Redacted. Um, it's gone again. Uh, they are 2-0, dead or alive. I really want to say dead. Me too. But their quarterbacks is Baker Makers, Baker Mayfield, guys. It's it's kind of hard because as crazy as it is to say it, Baker's actually playing good football. Two weeks of good football is not a season. He's played two weeks of good football before in his career. But I I I can't I can't put the I can't put the dagger through their heart. I just can't do it. Now, there. if they were in almost any other division, I'd probably be like, yeah, I don't see them as a team that's going to be close to the playoffs. But, I mean, if you win, if you win seven games in that division, you're, you're, you're alive in late December. That's fair. That is fair. Uh, I'm going to go dead because their quarterback's Baker Mayfield. And I don't I'm gonna know. Leave, if, I'm going to leave the door open just a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. I still think they're under hits. Um, Still, so you you think from now until January they only win four more games max? Uh huh. I feel good about that. Okay. I know I'm crazy, but I feel good about that. Right. They, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make a mental note of that. Baker did throw for 317 yards today, but we're gonna get to a team that they played, and I'm gonna give you a stat. Then you're gonna be like, oh, that's why he went off. Um, other two and O team that I want to touch on: the Washington Commanders, the Commies. What a what a win today. Hey man. Maybe we and as in we maybe me, maybe we have to react re like listen, the Broncos defense might stink. But uh we got to maybe reevaluate our Eric B enemy takes cuz that offense man today looked good. And Sam Howell kind of looked good. In the offseason and- we were like why didn't the, why didn't Washington try to improve at quarterback? And now we're seeing like Sammy Hammy. Well, dang, maybe maybe they didn't really need it. Now, they were down 21-3 and then went on a, what, 35-3 run or something? Uh, something crazy at one point. Because, yeah, I think it was a 32-3 run they went on in that game. And then they give up the Hail Mary at the end. And it's just wa- maybe the wildest game of the day. Um, hilarious. I got food and came back and had an out-of-body experience in my car when I saw how they hit the Hail Mary Denver. But yeah, Washington. Yeah, oh. I don't I don't think it's sustainable to come back from 21 to 3 deficits every week and you beat the road. Arizona. You beat Arizona last week, so I'm not going to put a ton of stock into that. Um so I'm I'm not going to say that they are, I will say they are a pretender or uh, I'm going to call them dead here. Um yeah. but fun story. Fun fun story right now, no doubt, but I don't see a super high ceiling with the team, but but then again, will I be surprised if they surprise me? No, because they've got so many they've got so many good pieces. Like the other B Robinson in the league, dude, bald today too. He was good. Brian Robinson's a dude. Yeah, many so, men uh, wish death upon him. Now, can I can I throw one on the list too when when we're done with uh, your take on Washington, or are you done with their take? Go ahead. No, you can go ahead real quick. Or oh, you had another team. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that was two and zero that you want to talk about. Yeah. Next. Okay, that's you, fine. You said you had three, and we've gone through three. I don't want to forget one. That's fair. I'm interested who you're going to go with. But uh, the uh, I was going to say about them, I would be your take on the Bucks. I'm kind of with these guys because, like, 
In the NFC, I could see it. I could see them being the seventh seed. Um, and us getting three NFC East teams in again. I really do. Um, as long as How Howell's like just competent. But uh yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I doubt they'll win. I mean, is their ceiling? I mean, I guess they did beat Philly once last year. But is their ceiling one and five in the division if they split with the Giants? So I don't know. Um, that'll be tough. Uh, who, who's the other one? So I'm going to give you a stat here. Okay. Since 1966, we're talking the Super Bowl era. Okay. You're talk- teams, I know who you're talking about. But teams are now one and 32 when they score 50 plus points with zero turnovers in their first two games. Or so I guess 32 and one, sorry, 32 uh-huh. wins or at least, uh, I guess, no, I take that back. Not necessarily all two and zero or anything like that, but there's only one team that was 50 plus and zero turnovers in two games that has started. zero and two. And oh. that's the chargers. Okay. So we'll have them next. They'll be our first. zero and two team. Oh yeah, duh. I'm sorry. I'm stupid. It's okay. I'm stupid. I'm, I'm looking fine. at the wrong thing. Uh, okay. But yeah, uh, they're the weird. They're so weird, bro. They're like they're like the when homie on the show this real quick. On homie on the show this morning, and again he's cool as hell. And I, uh, um, but he was like, I think the Chargers are gonna roll today. I'm like, bro, I wouldn't touch. Like, do you watch the NFL? I wouldn't touch the Titans and the Chargers spread or predictions if with your money, they are the most <laughs> unpredictable teams in the history of the league. Well, bro. Well, 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 How wait, can wait, you wait, say wait, that wait, with wait. confidence? Mike Vrabel covering? That's not reliable? Fair, but but it was just like, damn, yeah. man. Stay away. But Shout so far Titans. through two games, they are the reverse Vikings of last year. Losing close games where the Vikings were winning all their close games and they're losing them this year, too. They're also 0 2, but they're not, they don't look, they're turning the ball over a ton. Can I, can I make a statement? Yes. My little, my little take saying they're going to miss the playoffs doesn't sound too crazy now, does it? Chargers? Remember, I had them out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to say dead because they have Justin Herbert. Yeah. But technically, I had them dead before the season started. <laughs> uh, Staley as their quarterback, or uh, their Staley coach. as their coach, dead <laughs> bullet, gun in mouth, step on. It's just constantly stepping on the same rake over and over again. Uh, just absolutely say to kissed. Uh, the New England Patriots, zero and two, dead or alive. If you would have asked me before the season, do I think the Patriots will be 0-2? I would say yes. Me too. But, and do I think they'll win the division? Absolutely not. I, I think I think that's kind of down to Miami and uh, Buffalo already. Because I think Buffalo, the way they played today, they put last week, you know, way out of mind. So, I don't, and I don't see the Patriots competing with either one. But possibly as a seven seed, sure, I I could still see it. I they're not rolling over and dying. They're sure they suck in the first half, but they come back and make it close at the end. If the if the spreads were a touchdown, they'd be the king of the backdoor cover. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, sure. Jets next Jets next week. They've 
they've beaten them every time they played since like Obama was in office. If they um, lose next week, then it's over. Oh yeah, they're they're toast. Also, the Jets, you know, the Jets need to get on the phone with a team we're about to talk about here in a little bit in the NFC and ask if their quarterback's available um, to save their season. Um, the Cowboys in two weeks, yeah, that offensive line's not blocking anybody. And then you get the Saints. But, like, regardless, you could be one in three. And then the Saints game, like, that'll be kind of tough. I don't have trust faith in the Saints. You could get, you got a couple nice opportunities to bounce back against the against the um, Saints and the Raiders to get to like three and three, but then here's the problem: you face the two teams in the AFC that you can't fucking beat, the Patriots and the or the Bills and the Dolphins, who own you <laughs> for the last half for the last like three or four years. So, yeah, man, not great. Um, maybe they can just continue to knife fight their way to to throughout the year and have some wins, but we'll see. I think dead. Uh, our, pour one out. Kinda. The Cincinnati Bengals. They were in this exact spot last year. They aren't the reason I wanted to play this game, but, you know, since they are the only one to do it since the new expanded playoff rules, you know, they started 0-2 last year. Granted, last year I think was way worse because at least today before the, th- the, th- the second half they were punchy. Um, uh, um, so yeah, man, Bengals 0-2, dead or alive? Burrow not 100%. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't bury them either, but they don't, they don't inspire me right now. Hey, man, I'll tell you this. That Rams Monday night game last week or next week, way more interesting than I could have ever imagined it being. Yeah. who Who's at home? Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a got to have. That's a got to have one next week for Cincinnati. Um, Houston, 0-2. I'll just say dead quickly, but man, CJ Stroud, juice. Today look good, Stroud to Nico. That's going to be a fun combination. He looked good today, man. They still obviously need another dude on the outside, but you know they're strong. They're going to struggle to get that considering they traded their pick. But in fairness, it seems like you know they actually did well with two of the three top picks in the draft in Coolridge Stroud and Will Anderson, who are both hashtag. Really good. Anderson's different. Uh oh, and two Texans though for me. Uh dead. You're you? Yeah, I'll I'll agree. Uh I mean, not certainly, certainly not in contention to be in the playoffs, but um I said it before the season, I think. I uh I think they'll actually I'm curious. I'll have to go back and look. I'm guessing I had them under their win total, but they they just to me they feel like a team that can't overachieve this year whatever that means to houston Texans standards in 2023 they could go under their win total if because i think it was at like six and a half or like and still feel good about their season yeah because it's showing the steps in the right direction and d'amico now you know they got torn up a little way more than i thought they would today but you know d'amico i think is a great coach uh all right let's get to him we said dead on the chargers right i said dead on the chargers kind of what'd you say 
Well, I guess not really because I said I. Yeah, I, I I'm not going to say they're dead. I think they're still, I think they're still in play. And and honestly, although they're zero two, the fact that the Raiders are leading that division right now, it's still it's still up for grabs. Kansas City doesn't look, um, Kansas City doesn't look quite like Kansas City yet. But I they think, will. Yeah, they will. They have the get right game of the decade next week. So, um, but for now, Casey's kind of leaving that door open. So. I'm uh I'm not I'm they're not dead to me. A couple of these in the comments because we got some fantasy questions. One guy, Blurpy, he asked this earlier and I forgot to put it up. He said he's up twenty two points going into Monday night. Uh his opponent has it. Najee and Njoku. Wish him luck. So it's not a question. <laughs> it's um, a statement. Yeah. Just wanted to let us know. We we wish you luck, Blurpy. <laughs> I also wish you luck because you meant you dropped this earlier and you might be a Pats fan, so I'm sorry. Um, and then here's a question. He might get a moral victory tomorrow. He could. You're a dick. Shout out. <laughs> he said, should I drop George Pickens to ensure I get Puka next week? He's my only available drop, and then I can go grab Pickens as fast as I can. I just want to know this. How the hell has Pickens not been grabbed or Puka not been grabbed in your yeah, league? How yet? did he how did how was he a free agent after last week? I went. I'm listen. I in my league of record with all my friends. I I I somehow got him, and I won week one. I somehow got him. Uh, uh, yeah. I got him in one league, and then I did not get him. I I requested him in all the leagues, but I only got him in one. I I'm a dumbass and benched him and did not start him. Now, granted, my receivers are Ridley and Addison, so uh, he said no idea. <laughs> um. So I mean, listen, but Addison. Yes, would, yes. Addison is a Addison right now is a big play touchdown merchant, which love it. Bad day for Ridley today. My running backs are Pollard, Chubb, and Gibbs. So you know, I'm still kind of I'm gonna I I wanted to roll with Jameer again today, and even after uh, you know David Montgomery went down and got carted off, so Jameer might still be a absolute must start. But you know, I've got depth there. Um, and then Puka Nakua, like I have to start him next week. I can't not. So I got to figure out who the hell I'm taking out. Probably Addison. Yeah. So if probably I probably coming out of the lineup or Rid- now they play the Texans. Yeah. Shit. If, I was, if I was in Henry's shoes and Pickens was literally the only guy that I could afford to drop, I would because that Rams offense is playing like the offense of a couple years ago, where at least in fantasy terms, they're racking up points. And they're and it's like elite buddy ball stuff where like they're picking they're putting Nakua in spots to get matchups like they're going to use as long as Cup's out and he's out at least what two more games yeah um that's at least two more weeks where Nakua is going to be having nights yeah and and I, I I don't know that offense well enough is it is it something where because I'm thinking twenty uh, targets today I, I'm that's thinking wild. Uh, I I feel like even when Cup eventually comes back, it's not like Puka is going to go back to zero. Sure, he's not no. going to get twenty targets anymore. But if him and if he and Cup can split, I think, <laughs> un, un, or are they? Do they both play the same position on the field at receiver? Like, are they both the slot guy? Or I, no, not, they they move them they, all around. Can they, cohab- can they cohabitate on the field together and you both draw targets? They move I, them all I around because. Because yeah. Tutu Atwell is kind of a slot guy, and he's okay. played well so far. 
Rams have shown a lot of pop so far for me. I've been interested yeah. in that. I'm a big Kyron Williams fan after today for He's selfish good. reasons. He's yeah, there you go. He's been good. Chart uh I did want to mention for the Chargers. Oh, we'll save that. They're in an 0-2 death match next week. Other team in the AFC West that's 0-2. The Denver Broncos. God, I Dead. I hate that we play them next week, though. Oh, do we? I we do. I have not looked at the schedule for next week at all. Because I just feel like by law of averages, they're going to get one. Henry says, thanks for the feedback. You got it, bro. Watch all of our shows here. Watch us, though, specifically. Because, yeah, we'll give you wild bullshit fantasy takes. But we also give you hardcore analytics because we're the shit. Um, Joe I'm, will. I will. And you're going to. Uh, I'm terrified. I don't. I wouldn't say terrified because their I'm defense. Just a guy. Yeah, you you use that. You talk about it, but you don't use it to make your football point. That's what I like no, about you. No, these nerds out here be talking about their AWS stats, and that's how they determine who's good at the league. And it's like, come on, dog. Um, <laughs> the same money ball. EPA per play, bro. Um, I'm gonna get it tattooed on my chest. Or like under my eye, like Birdman. Right um, slant fade wheel or whatever. Yeah, slant fade, uh, slant wheel flat, and then <laughs> EPA per play right here, like the eye black but tattoos. Uh, yeah, the fact that we I know that the Broncos defense is, but uh, <sighs> yeah, not hype. The Vic Fangio revenge game though, kind of, sorta, not really. Maybe he'll just want to beat the brakes off for us. Or and the Broncos, so who knows? We'll see. But yeah, I think they're dead too. They stink. Um, Vikings, zero and two death match next week. Them and the Chargers. Uh, the the first we're gonna steal this from the Bill Simmons podcast. Um, next week is the first loserly leaves town match of the season, right? Between the Vikings and the and the Chargers. So that one needs to get first TV priority if you need it, because uh, we are going to put a big red X next to the loser of that game. It's neither team right now can win close games. So that means it has to be a blowout, right? Ooh, great. Or a tie, (laughs) which would be hilarious. They would tie. They would. They would. That's the thing. It'll be a doink field goal at the end to tie it. Oh, God, if only. I need that in my life. That'd be (laughs) so good. Dead or alive on the Vikes? I'm going to go dead. Law of averages, man. You knew this was coming. And I their quarterback should get traded to the Jets. Would be cool. Yeah. Because I know know he... um, did he fumble? Did he have a couple fumbles this week? The team did. Or maybe one. Okay. I think maybe one was his. He's played well, man. Yeah. Was, he, Kirk's well there, too. Yeah. He's he's not the problem there. He's he's doing his job of getting the ball to Justin Jefferson outside of in the end zone. They don't they don't throw him touchdowns. <laughs> he's the uh, opposite of of Chris Carter. Yeah. The anti touchdown. Um, but the fact that we both had the Vikings, I think, missing the playoffs. Uh-huh. This year, and now they've started zero and two against. Yeah. Uh, I still can't. That Bucks, that Bucks game last week, they had no business losing that game. No, they had three drives where they turned the ball over inside the thirty. And hilarious. then, uh, I mean, 
I would I would have assumed going into Thursday night. I mean, honestly, that game was a lot closer than I expected it to be. So, I mean, I'll give them credit for that. But yeah, let's I'll stick a fork in them. Yeah, but definitely our first loser leaves town of the year is next week. Uh, get your popcorn ready. We w- it might lead the show. Honestly, the Sunday night game is going to be the battle of mid between Kenny Pickett and <laughs> Jimmy G. Oh, God. Um, is that is that the Sunday night game next week? Yeah. What the hell? I know we're fucked. <laughs> why, why? Why are this? Why is Kenny Pickett primetime TV two weeks in a row? Weird. I don't know. Yeah, that is weird. Let's see. I know the week after that, those shit. No, it's not. God damn it. The net. The week. Week four is Chiefs Jets. <laughs> it would have been awesome, bro. Oh, they still can't play each other. Nope. And then week five. Still, so waiting, two, still waiting on the State Farm Bowl, even though he's have, not with State Farm anymore. We have two straight kind of meh weeks, but then mm, October 8th, Niners, Cowboys, Sunday night. Ooh. Let's go. Ooh. Week five. We're looking forward to it. So don't put PTO in for that week. Uh, <laughs> you got to at least get through like week 10 before we put P- start putting PTO in for the Sunday night show. Um, the last two, the, the, the Chicago football team, AKA redacted. Oh, and 10, Oh, and two. Might as well be Oh, and 10 though. Right. Nate said, wink, what are you yawning for? We're lit. Hey man. He said, Nick, get your boy. It's all right, bro. It's been a long weekend. Uh, Some, some of these nights I don't recover from like, Listen, Friday was the Quincy trip for me. We'll talk about it in the Tales from the Booth. But some of these Friday nights for football season throw my mental clock off. So, like, you might not see me on here doing, like, jumping jacks unless I have rants like the last like last week uh, to, like, week eight when high school football is over. Then I'm going to be, like, juiced because Friday night because Fridays I won't be working, like, 18-hour shifts. Uh, yeah, the Chicago Redacteds. Oh, and two. Dead or alive? Uh, I think they're they're negative dead. Oh, you ready for the stat? I got. Oh, baby. Oh, Jesus! This is gold. Okay. The sh- sh- <laughs> can't believe this. Redacted defense against the pass on third and fourth down. I'm glad you're sitting because you're gonna faint. 20 for 23, 282 yards. That's 12.3 yards per attempt and three touchdowns. Eight 15-plus yard receptions allowed. Uh, A 157.3 passer rating. That's .1 away from a perfect passer rating on third down uh, or fourth down. And I don't like this stat, but uh, this is a good one. 1.012 EPA per dropback, which is expected points uh, allowed or attempted per dropback allowed. That is 32nd by about doubled. And the guy even put after that, LOL. (laughs) You see, it's not Justin Fields' fault. Oh, light me on fire. Oh, so bad. I mean, it also is his fault. He's brill. He's been terrible. (laughs) 
Oh, man. They don't look like any other team in the league, man. Any. And the Cardinals play in the NFL, who, granted, were up 28-7 at one point today. They could be 2-0 and until they realized, oh, 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 we need to tank. Last week, I wouldn't say they were ever in a spot to win. They took advantage. The commies fumbled inside the red area. They gave up a scoop and score, I think. I don't think it ever felt I'm like not, the Cardinals I'm had a shot. They, Today, they, they, though, they 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 yeah. they were up 28-7, and then they were like, hold up. Wait a minute. Let me put some tank up in it. And they were like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, that to me, that if Miami's losing draft picks because of their tanking, <laughs> like, like the Cardinals should they shouldn't have a first round pick till 2028. <laughs> they should be investigated. Yeah, they should saying? be investigated. Hey, man, the Giants saved their season today against the fucking XFL Cardinals. Bro, the Giants are t- the Giants might be atrocious, dog. <laughs> what was the step? So they were down, what, 21 nothing today? 21 nothing, and then 28 7. They gave up 61 points before they ever got on the scoreboard this year. Fucking embarrassing. And they're one and one. They found a way, right? I would definitely be saying, I don't know if that was, if I was a Giants fan, would I be saying anybody watching in the chat, if that happened to your team or if Nate, get Isaiah in here, he's a Giants fan. Are you, your thoughts like, <laughs> you know, the old, we don't ask how we ask how many, or like, is it the, oh, we're screwed <laughs> because the day might stink brother. That whole game, I was like, guys, the Giants might be ass. Especially if they lose Barkley for any amount of time. I don't know how serious his injury is. It's not a knee or anything. It's his ankle. So that's good. Uh, X-rays were negative. So they think it's just a big, a bad sprain. So he's not playing this week against the Niners, which is good because they're already going to get ragdolled. Um, but yeah, man, not good. Not good. Uh yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it for the game. We're going to take a quick break. We will come back with uh, Tales from the Booth right after this. If I can get to the stuff. There we go. Here we go. Uh, Educate Your Podcast. We'll be back to uh, wrap things up after this. For frequency's sake, has you covered on all things sports? From the squared circle to the hardwood and the gridiron to the speedway, we've got something for everyone. Walk down the aisle with the boys from Cards Subject to Change every Sunday as they take a deep dive into everything pro wrestling. Need your gambling fix? We've got you there. Enter Pit Row with Rod Gomez and Fast Money as we win the checkered flag with NASCAR, Xfinity, and truck race winners and props. Football more your style? Explore the waters of NFL DFS with DFS Deep Dive with Brian Craighead and Jordan Kernan each week. More into the science portion of the game? We've got a double dose of action there. The Professor John Bush and Dennis Michelson take you into their science lab and dissect your week in the data lab. Want an analytical take? Nick Gurl and the team at Gridiron AI come to you each week with The Lab. Need to know who to start last minute? The network's flagship show for fantasy's sake is here in a pinch. The fellas come to you live every football Sunday from 10 to 1130 Central with the week's best DFS, gambling, and lineup advice. And wrap up your Sundays with Joe Winkle and Nick Brinks as they come to you live with educated ignorance looking at all the day's action. 
Can't get enough of Joe? He comes to you three times a week. Not enough football on Sunday? Not a problem. Kick your feet up at lunch on Monday and slip on into the football lounge with Dan and Mark while they look at the week that was in news, notes, and more. For frequency's sake, you know what we mean. Damn right you know what we mean. God, I love hearing his voice. Shout out to Sean Taylor. He was the, or uh, Sean Temple, excuse me. Um, He was the first, uh, you know, guy that uh, helped me get my foot in the door. And you never forget that, right, Nick? Absolutely. You never forget that. Uh, can't get enough of can't get enough of Joe. Um, sometimes I hate you. I'm just kidding. before we go to our uh, next segment. I want to throw one stat out from today that I thought, Jesus, that's crazy. Hmm. Maybe Jay- that's maybe this should be a statement a, sta- a segment of the week. Nick's Jesus, that's crazy. Stat <laughs> of the week. We'll get music. We'll put it on shirts. Josh Jacobs ran the ball nine times today, had a long of three, and finished with negative yardage on fucking nine carries. Fucking wild. Did you see the pick that Jimmy G threw? I did. Matt, I at Matt. the numbers here, and I'm like, oh, Jesus. The Raiders we're, must be just they got killed. awfulness. Where Matt Milano fucking like, jumped over Josh Jacobs and grabbed the ball and pulled. Give me that shit. It was so funny. Yes. Oh, what a disaster. All right. That's a stat of the day. The Raiders today were the Raiders I kind of expected this season, not the Raiders that won last week. I mean, but in in fairness, you know who they played last week? (laughs) Let's ride. Nobody won that game, actually. Not a soul. No. The real loser was the viewer. All of us, technically, especially if you have red zone like me. Got a lot of that game. Uh, All right. Um, listen, I, now I'm yawning. I, Friday was the Quincy trip. Quincy's two and a half hours south of me, Nick. It's the only team in the big six that is super far away. People bitch about it all the time. I don't. I'm fine with it. I don't mind it. I like it because Quint, the Quincy teams are good. When the teams that I cover are good and Quincy plays, the games mean more, blah, 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 etc. I just know in football season, usually... When we go down there for football games, the game don't start till like eight o'clock and then it goes till fucking midnight and then it's a three hour drive back and it's just brutally death, brutal death dot com, Centralville, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So the Quincy football trip always screws my mental body clock up just because it's like like I'm just, you know, basically I got home at like one o'clock. And I rode with the team down to Quincy this year, this year for Mo, with Moline for football. And I still don't get back till fucking didn't we didn't get back and I didn't get home. I, I went through the drive through when I got back. I was star- starving. Um, we didn't get back. I didn't get my door until like one, one thirty. So you put all that together. That's basically a 12, a 16 hour day. <laughs> And then I was up to watch college ball on Saturday around 10, 11, ready to rock and roll. And it just, and but I don't go to bed right away because I ate and chilled for a little bit. So, you know, I was just everywhere and you don't recover really. So, you know, we're a little tired today. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, oh, and Nate said, uh, wants to ask some college football questions. That's fine. Nate, you can just you can be our my uh, question guy. Just anything you want to think of, by all means, let her rip. 
but yeah, man, that's my tales from the booth. The game was fun as shit. Um, back and forth throughout the night. Um, really well. I've had two straight real. Remember how I've been saying my football games from last year through the beginning of this year were boring blowouts. Uh, the last two weeks have been really good. And the one on Friday was really good. Like really good. Uh, the Quincy quarterback might be the best. He's easily the best high school quarterback I've ever seen. And he's probably, uh, like at least at worst, he's a high level FCS kid. He's He's nice. My turn. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So my tales from the booth this week did not involve a booth because the AD emailed us this week and said, "Oh no, yeah, you'll be in the top row of the bleachers." Uh, like, okay, whatever. But he's like, "I'll quick. have a table for you. I'll have a table for you." Real quick, okay. can I ask? Being small town Iowa, mm-hmm. how often does that happen to you? Because I've heard really? small town, really, because I've heard small town Illinois stuff where that happens more often than you'd think. It happened. It happened to me last year in Chicago, but that's a whole other story, clowns. Um, so I'm just curious, like, how often does that happen to you, where you're not in a press box? I'm trying to think. I'm coming up on. I'm I'm pretty close to having called my 100th high school football game, and I want to say I have been out in the in the bleachers. I know for sure four times. I can't think of a fifth. Okay. So that would average out to basically, you know, once every two or three years. If, okay. Um, but yeah, not a lot. That's not fair. A lot. Um, but yeah, so I'm going, I'm leaving the house about 530 to go to the game because it's like 20 miles away and it's a 730 start. So I, I got to stick. I got to stay later. I got to stay at home later that day. Get an email from the AD at 515. Oh, hey, I didn't get a table. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not about to want to do a football game without a table because I keep all my stats on the laptop. If I know ahead of time that I don't have a table and I'm in the booth, I'll do paper stats. But I didn't print uh, the paper for that because I was anticipating having a table. So uh, it all works out. We got a table in the, I bring my uh, little folding table. We set it up in the bleachers. And for the first time this season, my game was not a one possession game. Two of the first three games came down to the last play of the game. Had an overtime game last week, my first one ever. And then week one, it was a three point game, fourth down and goal inside the five, six seconds left. Um, So I've had exciting games. This week, 42 to seven, just an absolute dominant win for the team I was covering. So there you go. Uh, now I've, I've seen it all this season now. There you go. You need those every now and then. My problem for football was I was getting them all the time. Yeah. It's just like one sided affairs all over the place. Yeah. Basketball was one sided affairs most of the year, but you know, it was for the team I was covering because, you know, they won a state title. So that was fun. There you go. Don't mind it when you're calling the blowout wins. <laughs> but when you're calling nothing but blowout L's, you're like, oh, someone save me. Yeah. Lastly, before our motorsport minute, they had a couple questions. Um, well, one question. He had a fo- college football question. Colorado winning the Pac-12 question mark. Give me a couple minutes. I'm going to say no without any hesitation. I'll pre- I preface what I'm about to say with the 
with uh, I adore the Buffaloes. I adore Coach Prime, even though he ragged on my Knowles. That's fine. I adore Shadur Sanders. He's a future pro. Love him. He's a he's amazing. I love what they're doing. I love how he is a renegade in a sport full of people that act like they're you know common folk, goody two shoes. But when the when it's it the recruiting game is nasty, and we know all the nasty sh- stuff these coaches do. I love that he is confident and out there, and people obviously don't like him because he's loud and boisterous, and you know. African-American, etc. I love Coach Prime. I love what they're doing. They're not going to win the Pac-12. Um, they're probably going to get ragdolled by Oregon this week. And here's the thing. I say that all, that's okay. This first year is not about the magnitude of the results. Because they won the first two weeks against TCU and Nebraska, and I didn't think they would, um, at least the TCU game. I, after that, I had a good feeling that they'd beat Nebraska up. Um, but uh, I, I think seven and five, eight and four is their ceiling. Um, it sucks that Travis Hunter's probably out for the next four. Nick, have you seen much of Colorado at all, or heard of like anything they're doing, or like paid attention to any of it? Yeah, I uh, I paid attention. Actually, I think I'm trying to think which game was last week. Who they play? The, the Nebraska game was last week. Oh, yeah. Um, the didn't TCU working, game was the first I, one. Yeah, I've bet on them the last two weeks. The game that they are playing in anyway. I won this week. I didn't win last week. So I've paid a little attention. I've I've paid more attention to Colorado football than I've ever paid in, in my entire life in the last eight days. There you go. Uh, Nate asked me if they beat Oregon, do you switch? Make playoffs? No. We Year one, no. Year one... No. Next year, if Shador stays, absolutely play like pl- because the playoff will ex- the playoff will expand. So the there will be a leeway for them. Um, but I think uh, I think this year that no, like they would have to just be they would they would have to be so many things would have to go right. They're not good enough on the offensive and defensive lines to beat some of the people need to realize the Pac-12 is elite. So this is not me by any means saying that they are losing to bad teams. Um, Oregon's really good. USC, really good. If I had to put money on the line right now, even though I'm a Florida State fan and I've loved what they've done, even though Saturday was way more sketchy than it should have been, I would probably put money on USC to win the title. If I had to, Washington, really good. Um, who else in the Pac-12? Oregon State and Utah are both tough. And for Colorado, they play both Oregon State and Utah. Both of those are terrible matchups for them. Um, Nate has a. I'd love to know what the odds are on that. Nate says has a bet where if they make the playoffs, they'll they'll make three thousand bucks. <laughs> I don't think you're going to cash that ticket. But listen, it's okay. Like I think eight and four. Here's the thing. With them last year, they went one and eleven, and they lost all of their games that they lost. They lost on an average of twenty nine points a game. The second closest in the Power Five was Northwestern, who also went one and eleven. They lost on an average of fourteen points a game. So Colorado to have the improvements that they have had is is sensational. 
Last night was a bit of a wake-up call in a, to a degree because Colorado State was more physical. Um, they, I feel like the, because of all the trash they talked, they actually got Colorado out of their game a little bit. And Colorado was Colorado State was physical with them. Um, but Colorado won. Like The fact that Shador went the length of the field in the final two minutes to win the game or to tie it and take it to OT is like he's special. He's really good. And for them next year, because they're going to continue to recruit well, um, Nate says Pat primetime is genetic. They got Tampa Bay energy, but he's amazing, man. If they, if they, if Shador stays, Travis Hunter will stay. Have you heard of this Travis Hunter kid, mm-hmm. Nick? The two way, like he got hurt last week on a cheat or last night on a cheap shot, mm-hmm. like really bad. Uh, uh, receipt. It, it was while he was playing receiver. Ball got overthrown. Um, it what skipped. It or like got overthrown. It bounced twice, and then the safety came over and like, like really hardly bumped into it, like hard, like nailed him and he got hurt. Um, just really dirty. And, uh, yeah, next year, if, because Travis will stay, if Shadour stays, um, if Shadour stays, they're going to continue to recruit well and get guys in the portal. The next step for them is to beef up the defense, but mainly their offensive and defensive lines. Um, and that alone will help because if if, if Shador had if Shador was able to, one thing if Shador could run a little bit better I mean good God because it is just nuts but yeah they're gonna be good they're gonna be fine like they're gonna win like eight games and they'll and that'll be really good anybody who's gonna people can't wait for them to lose and they're gonna they're gonna love it and they're gonna cherish it um and I just don't. I just don't see it. He's so good for the sport. I love what Colorado's doing. But again, I will predict I think they'll lose by two or three scores to Oregon because Oregon will not screw around. Oregon will lean on them. They will run the ball. Their def- the, the defense for Colorado just isn't that good. I don't think they can hang with like I don't think their offense or their defense can be competent enough to stop elite offenses enough. Uh they can score with anybody. Missing Hunter's a little bit tough, but Jimmy Horn, Weaver, the tight end, Dylan Edwards, the running back. They still got dudes everywhere, so they'll be fine. That's my long take on, on Colorado. Lastly, Motorsport Minute. Nick, our man Bubba, survived and advanced. Remember we asked at the beginning of the playoffs, um, is Bubba a dark horse round of eight con- guy? Didn't need a win to get through to the round of 12. This isn't a Bubba fan podcast. I just like when he succeeds because, you know, people look dumb hating him because, you know, they hate him for obvious reasons. Um, And I think he's talented. And it's nice to see him succeed. Dega's a good track for him. If there's ever a time for him to find a way, a Dega race, man, everyone's going to be watching to see if he can pull it off. Yeah, and he definitely had some good fortune as did Martin Truex, because neither of them lit the world on fire last night at Bristol. Um, they can thank Kevin Harvick for running like dog shit. This literally, absolute ass. <laughs> how, how bad was it for Kevin Harvick? He finished five laps down on speed. He did not have a problem at night. Brutal. And at one point, they showed J.J. Yaley passing him. I don't even know what car J.J. Yaley's in this year. 15 for Rick Ware Racing. 
Oh, he drove that car, the car that that hand guy mm. usually drives on the road courses. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was bad. He finished on the same lap as Harrison Burton, Chase Briscoe, and J.J. Yaley and finished behind all of them. The only guys he finished ahead of in the race were A.J. Allmendinger, Austin Sindrick. They got damage early. B.J. McLeod, he's just a slow car, sucks ass anyway. And then the people that didn't finish the race. So Harvick literally had one of, if not the slowest cars on the entire track only bj mcleod was slower all night and the sad part is harvick missed the next round by four points he finished 29th if he has an average day if he runs like shit but still runs like 20th he advances joey logano he was running 27th. He was having a dog shit night himself. He crashed, he, right, or something? He got, he got caught up in a wreck. And he missed the playoffs, or missed advancing in the playoffs by four points. So, and who are the two guys that take, took advantage of that? Truex, who didn't run very well, and Bubba Wallace, who didn't run very well either. Truex, who didn't run very well at all in the round. But found a way. And now the good news for Truex is it all resets again. And now he's back to the top of the board. Yeah. I mean, so God. I, I, I was definitely rooting for Truex to get through just because it would have been a sham for him to be like the number one guy in the regular season. And then the format throws him out in three races. Mm -hmm. like, and he I'm, wasn't I, terrible last night. He just wasn't up to snuff with every with like the guys that were running up front. Yeah. And as was my worry going into Bristol, this this next gen car. I'm the every race that goes by, I hate it more and more. This car sucks. They can't race close. There's no passing overall. Like after we watched the Xfinity race on Friday night, just an absolute banger of a race, and then we get the Cup car on Sunday or Saturday night. In this case, it's a sh terrible car. So stage two ended on lap two sixty. It looks like. They award points at the end of lap 260 for stage two. 240 laps to go. Mm -hmm. The top 10 cars in stage two all finished in the top 12. That tells me that there wasn't a whole lot of passing going on up front. You got up front early in the race with pit strategy or you stayed there. With the mm -hmm. exception of Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson and maybe Christopher Bell, everybody else was pretty much stuck where they were running all night long and you gained or lost spots in the pits and this is bristol fucking motor speedway that's embarrassing this should be the best track on the on the entire schedule yeah but the car sucks this car simply sucks ass the last two years bristol actually the last three years bristol has put on phenomenal races in xfinity like not i remember this not even just Bristol, just the Xfinity series in general is the hands down best series in NASCAR right now for racing. The they race don't miss every week. Why don't why can't the cup cars be that? Why can't at they this, at this point? It would be way better. Like the Xfinity series is cheaper as is. So you can't tell me that this car has to be expensive that they're running. Now, it would be expensive to have to ditch all of the stuff i mean 
It's not, it's not something that'll happen. It's, it's a pipe dream. I wish they could, and it would be good for the sport, but they've already spent so much money on these cars, these next gen cars. It's a completely different ball. Like it's not even, it's like going from a little league softball field to a major NFL stadium. Like that's how different these two, they're both facilities where sporting events happen and that's it. That's where the comparison stops. That it's just, it's a completely different car in how it's manufactured, designed, yeah, everything totally. about it. Do you think and, something uh, like, do you think the race, the Xfinity, do you think because the Xfinity cars maybe are like dialed back with horsepower and speed, do you think that could be a difference? Like, well, there, feels like there's there's some, there are some weeks, um, where the Xfinity, like the Xfinity qualifying lap is faster than cup. Okay. I was wondering if that was the case. Cause it's, I know like for me, I'm a big, the car, uh, the car is, it's just, they've got it in a sweet spot. Tires matter. There's cumbers and goers. It's just NASCAR cup racing could use more of what we're seeing in Xfinity. Hands down. So, so you're saying junior needs to be the czar of NASCAR. Because he gets dude, it, dude. Dude raced this weekend, and he literally almost won. He came back out of he, retirement because he I, races once a week or about once a year right now, and he was leading that race with like eighty laps to go. I didn't. I was wondering how he did. I heard. I knew. I knew he was right driving. What? Yeah. What did he do? Any special look? Like look for the car? No, just Hellman's Mayo. The Hellman's car. I remember yeah. the one time he brought it back at Bristol, and or no, he brought it back at Daytona and rocked the Wrangler. Yeah. That was sick. It did seem like his his fire suit was maybe modeled after an old Wrangler suit. It looked kind of old school, but uh, but yeah, um, cup racing on short tracks and brutal. road courses, especially just brutal. And of course, NASCAR puts a bandaid on it, and we're bringing back stage cautions in a couple weeks at Charlotte. That's gonna um, be tough. it. Was it was not the caution or the lack of caution? creating the uh the bad racing that we saw at the uh, summer road courses that's course, the thing NASCAR, I... nascar will not admit that their car sucks nope. so we're gonna we're gonna bring back stage cautions they're gonna hope to get some chaos and even though you can't pass where the shit if there's a few exciting restarts that's all they like, care about they like what they're seeing i would i've had more i had more fun watching the road course races because the, the there were no stage cautions you could get through stuff yeah, and it's and just so what? much more fluid. And you know, I, who had pretty, you know who had really good road course races this year without stage cautions. Who? The Xfinity Series. I bet. I bet. Go back. Actually, if you want, if you want to watch a fun last two laps, watch Road America, the last two laps of Xfinity from this year. Just do it. It's fun. I wonder why Cup didn't go back there. Um, well, they uh, the the Chicago experiment. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. Which they nailed. Got to be. Got to give them credit. They did nail that. Yeah. So, uh, but ooh, ooh, I will say ooh. this though. Uh, I I fill out my bracket for a fantasy league I'm in. We we pay five bucks for a bracket and you know see who has the most points at the end of the the playoffs. I got three of the four. Obviously, Stenhouse and McDowell were like free. They were like the free space and bingo. Like everybody's just gonna put those in. I we both picked them both. I had, if I'm not mistaken, 
Harvick and Blaney were the two that I had missing in the first round. So I had I, I had a Penske car. I just had the wrong one. And I and think I had I don't remember if I had, I'm sorry to cut you off. I don't know if I had Harvick in it or not, but I definitely had Logano. I picked him to get bounced. Yeah, I think and we, I think we talked about it, and I think we said Logano this this first round, like like with Harvick, it could be tough because this hadn't Chris, been good. Or yeah, because of because of Kansas, that was the track that worried me about the Fords. Yeah, the the intermediate package was not one that suited Ford well this year, except for except for uh, Busher and Keselowski. They're the exception right now. They're they're, they're kind of running well, or at least top 10 everywhere right now while everybody else is fighting for like top 15s so second round texas which is a wild card because the track is dog shit talladega which is a wild card because the style of racing is kind of dog shit but at least the restrictor plates with the new car have been have been good i think um i enjoy them they're not as crash festy as they were um i think i think they've nailed a little bit with the style with this car but obviously they missed on they missed like crazy on the road courses and the short tracks. Yeah. And the sad part is they made changes from last year. Yeah. And it did not improve it at all. And actually the changes for this year did not apply to Bristol either. Mm-hmm. So that was the same package as last year. Um but nonetheless needs a lot more improvement too. Texas, the winner last year was Tyler Reddick. Elliot, Chase Elliott won at Dega. And then Christopher Bell, of course, picked up his first of two must-win scenarios on cutoff races in a row at row at the Roval. So the this is the wild card round. It's why I feel like Bubba has a good chance to get through. Maybe not at the Roval. He'd have to probably win at Dega. Um, but yeah, who would your four be? Both of our fi- both of our final fours that we picked uh, are still alive. I don't. I know uh, I, I'm trying to remember exactly who I had, but who do you feel right now? Um, who do you who do you have getting knocked out in this next round? So I'm not going to change anything from the bracket I filled out. So in this round, I had Bell, Keselowski, Wallace, and Logano missing. But since Logano's already out, and Blaney basically took his place on my bracket, I'll slide him in there. So I'd throw Blaney in. I don't see any way Blaney gets out of this round unless he wins at Talladega, which He's it's good there. because that's where he wins most of his races. Um, again, Bubba too, but uh, Dega will definitely be his avenue. Uh, I could see him having some speed at Texas. I don't think uh, I'd expect him to win there, but he could get uh, a good points day. And Texas is just a track that just sucks. I hate Texas more than any other track on the schedule. So, not really looking forward to the race. It sucks. It's awful. It's terrible. Yeah, uh, as a as an IndyCar fan. Who you know that track so many that, times. That track was great for IndyCar, and then you know they decided to layer the entire corners with PJ One or whatever it's called. Yeah, and that was after a renovation where they completely screwed up the configuration. Like they tried to make each corner different, and it just it's so bad. It didn't do. But yeah, though the, so, though the IndyCar race this year was banging, so yeah. maybe they fixed it. But I don't know. Um, but, so yeah, those are the four before the playoffs that I had out. If I had to make any changes, um, Chastain, I still don't. I don't like the speed that they're showing to be enough to beat guys like, um, like I'd probably swap Chastain and Keselowski, honestly, because I was gonna say he uh, he would not surprise me one bit if he 
does does well enough to um, get his get enough points to move on even without winning. But like Blaney, like Wallace, you get to Talladega. Keselowski is always going to be a factor, so that'll be a, a track that he's really looking to go for. Um, but but yeah, between was- Bell, Chastain, Keselowski, Blaney, Wallace, those would be my five favorites per se. I would honestly, I I would throw uh, Kurt Bush, uh, Kyle Busch in there too. If I had to pick six guys, where if I had to pick half the field, <laughs> yes. If, if I have to pick six, where the four that get eliminated will come from, that would be my six. Can I the guy? Get... The guy so so that leaves Byron, Truex, Hamlin, Busher, Larson, Reddick. Those are the 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 six at least speed wise that should have no problem getting through the next round. But obviously this is NASCAR. So speed is only part of the problem. You know, it's only part of the solution. You can blow a tire, blow an engine, uh, get taken out because Corey LaJoy tries to go three wide and loses control of his car. Uh, <laughs> Ghana this week. So you're, uh, you're a, you're a, you're a funny guy. But yeah. uh, can I, I was going to say, can I offer you some Brad Keselowski and him and Busher are just going to, like they're just going to put the clamps on everybody at te- at Dega. I'm expecting that to happen because those those guys have owned the super speedways for two straight years. They just have only been able to win one of them. Yeah, yeah, I I, I absolutely see it. Um, the and that's one thing I hate about the playoffs now. Like that race could that that race could be so much better, but then you've got twelve guys or maybe 11 with one guy that's going to win the week before 11 guys in the race. All they care about is points. So they're going to be conservative as shit. They are content for that race to go single file for 187 laps. And then on the last lap, make a move and hope for the best. I hate that. That's Mm -hmm. because of the playoffs. Yeah. Because like I said, I think they actually have nailed it with the restrictor play tracks. Yeah. I really do. I mean, they've this been, been miss. I I don't like that. It seems like all they do is just run side by side. The thing that we miss right now with this plate package is growing up. You would always see the graphic. Somebody just went from thirtieth to fifth in the last six laps. That's fair. That's, yeah, we don't have that, that anymore. Physically impossible right now with this car. Yeah, you which, can't get. Which is unfortunate. You, I hate that even plate races are track position races where you know you're staying out on a pit stop because you're you don't stuck. want to be 30th. Mm-hmm. Like when, when you could move around and there were big runs and the, the lanes weren't just solid side by side, like you could dodge and weave back and forth, find an opening, move to a lane, move to a lane. But now you just get in the line, you ride and just hope they don't crash in front of you. And I, I don't like that. If Mark Martin would have won the 20, whatever Daytona 500, if yeah, they were driving this card. Yeah. Yeah. Harvick would have never came from like 10th to 1st. No, nope. He would not have. Or Denny Hamlin went in the year he did with beating Truex at the line. Yeah. Although I will say that one, that race actually looked like a next-gen race. That was a lot of just two lines. Just and chilling. The only, the only exciting thing was when Kenseth, I think, tried to go high and then they wrecked. And, and then and Danny beat him to the line. Hamlin. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, if I had to guess on guys getting bounced, I will also sadly RIP to the bromance of Blaney and Bubba. Um, and then 
Chastain, because even still, man, he had the good run at Darlington. Or yeah, no, it was Kansas. Kansas, he finished up there. Yeah. Um, and then another race, he got a good finish, but he didn't run well. Yeah. They, they used some strategy, I think, and they got up there, and then it they stayed yeah. there. So he's been car. getting better, but man, <laughs> yeah. Dig, another again, Dig is a wild card for all these guys. I really want to put Keselowski in, so I don't want to bounce him. But I don't want to take Bell out. Because I feel like mm. Bell to me, Bell is a guy where it does seem like Kyle Bush is starting to kind of hit a downslide, doesn't he? Yeah. I, oh, I'm I'm it. of the opinion all season long, outside of his wins, he has not been anything spectacular. And I hate I I want not that I'm a Richard Childress stand, but I would love for Bush to to to, to have a moment, you know, gets yeah. just kind of disemboweled by Gibbs and then he is winning hella early in the year. Yeah, I think he's done. So that's it. Bush, Blaney, Bubba, Chastain. I think Brad will get through. They're just too hot, man. Yeah. I can't yeah. pick against those guys right now. Yeah. And I think one of them will be in Phoenix still. I would probably, I would have to go Busher. Yeah. I've got because he's still, in mine. he's still consistent. Like, where did this come from? Yeah. He's the, he's been the best guy since like July, right? It's 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 so random how good Busher got in the last six, seven, eight, eight weeks. And it's yeah, and it's still like the last eight weeks. That's it. And actually, there's an account I follow on Twitter where basically taking their finishing positions in the race, he calculates what Winston cut points would have looked like. Mm-hmm. And until Chris Busher blew a tire at Kansas and and finished like twenty seventh, he had or was about to pass Martin Truex in the lead in the points. Because yeah, and that makes sense, not just because, because of the wins, but like he's been so consistent. That's that I think that race snapped a twenty race top twenty streak, and he a lot of a lot of them were like top twelves, top tens. Like yeah. he just Earlier ran in the year, he was twelfth and thirteening you to death. And like the like the Indy Road Course, which was right in the middle of his wins, like the Richmond and the Michigan race, um, or no, he won the Richmond Michigan race back to back, and then they had the Indy race, and then and he, he didn't finish top ten. It snapped his streak on road courses. He finished like eleventh though, eleventh, yeah. but he was there the entire time. Yeah, and then he, uh, um, and then he won at fucking Daytona. But yeah, all of his he's been he's been up there. The, like you finished what fourth at Bristol? Yep. Yeah, he might get there, dude. He might yeah. win it. Like if you had to bet, and so like the fact that you bring up the old school points, like oh yeah, I absolutely makes sense that he would be potentially yeah. winning. I do feel like this year the old school points the it would be a it would be a it'd be lit right now. Yeah, because Martin there a, him Denny, yeah right before right before Truex really built his lead in the regular points that we have there was a dogfight like there were several guys like four or five guys within uh, just a small yeah small bit of points so it would yeah it would have been fun like those old school points right now you'd probably have him you have martin you'd have busher denny and then pro- probably byron because he has won a bunch all yeah. that would that would be four at least yeah <laughs> and actually and honestly it 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 the, 
Truex's season right now kind of feels like Sterling Marlin in 2002 without the neck injury. Oh, yeah. Because for the first 25 or so races of the year, it was Marlin, you know, leading by 100, and po- 100 points, whatever. And then you get to about where the playoffs would have started, 10 races to go, has bad race, crash, bad race, crash. And now it's Truex, bad race, bad race. And the, he would have maybe lost the point lead by now to somebody sneaking by so at least he didn't at least he didn't break his neck that's good yeah no yeah no shit yeah poor sterling marlin that's a deep cut are you proud that i knew what you were talking about (laughs) yeah the same year this the same year that he tried to fix his own fender at the daytona 500 damn right oh strategy cotton let's (laughs) what do you think he expected to happen yeah, but I mean, I give him credit because he probably was going to have to pit anyway with a tire rub. But I don't know if I'm leading the Daytona 500 and I have a tire rub with two laps to go. I think I see if it blows the tire or I somehow manage to make it three laps before it blows. Hey, man, we got Ward Burton's crowning achievement. We did. Shout out Ward to Ward Burton. Ward Burton. There we go. I think that's my motorsport minute for tonight. We did well, brother. We did well. You bring it as always. Join us tomorrow night for the Monday night double dip, baby. Um, I feel weird. I'm glad I got two TVs. I just know that that Panther Saints game is going to be ass. <laughs> so I'm going to have fun talking about the the Brown Steelers game because that the Steelers will have desperation, and I will, as a personal fan of what the Browns have done and a Deshaun Watson interest. Uh, I have an interest in Deshaun Watson. Um, I'm going to be interested to see if they continue to like, if that, if they win tomorrow, then it's like, Oh, the Browns are like legit to a degree. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to, I have no idea. I have no leans yet on where I want to place some money on bets for tomorrow's games. I wouldn't tell me because your boy's getting his ass beat. I thought I had it figured out, and then this week, like, what the? Yeah, you said you're one and four, and I'm two and three right now. We both have opposite sides of the Steelers tomorrow night. I know that a lot of people that I look, and I wasn't out here just tailing folks, but a lot of people that I ride with also. Two guys I listened to uh, were on the Bengals with me. Everybody was on the Rams, which granted the Rams hit because of the points. Um, the Steelers tomorrow, a guy I listened to, like, agreed that that was it. Um, oh, yeah, the Gi- even the Giants, the fact that the yeah. Giants. Yeah, the we, Giants never, we, never, we never ended up talking about the Rams. You mentioned that we were going to with the, with your epic cover. Hey, man, they ran the cover play. Seven yeah. and a half, you're down ten with four seconds left, and they trot the field goal team out there. Yeah. Sean McVay knew the assignment. Yeah. Hey. My, uh, my, my big bet for the day was a Kyron Williams touchdown earlier in the week. Um, I, so I basically, when I bet, I like to follow promos. Like if uh DraftKings or FanDuel has profit boosts and stuff like that. So I looked for a guy where DraftKings had good odds on a touchdown scorer compared uh-huh. to the other books and Kyron, uh, the DraftKings had him at like plus three fifty. This was before cam Akers was ever ruled out. So I took him at plus three fifty with a 50% boost. So I got over five to one on Kyron Williams to score a touchdown who scored twice last week, scored twice today. 
And uh, you were hot on you were hot on the ATTD it today. Week. It was a great week. I had Hawkinson, same deal. DraftKings had good odds on a Hawkinson touchdown, boosted at fifty percent for even more juice on it. Hit that, and that's uh, that's why I did it again today because Thursday went well. And then and, you also uh, uh, I hit you have first touchdown tonight. That was nice. Dolphins money line. All on promos, pretty much either a free bet or the promo for the DraftKings money line of up 10, you win. So when Miami went up 10 nothing with a Raheem Mostert touchdown, I was very happy about that. That was a that was a great moment in my day. Probably the worst moment in my day was when I had a three leg same game parlay on BetMGM for a risk free same game parlay. And in the fourth quarter, I'm rooting for. Ramondre Stevenson to get to 50 yards while the Patriots are down two touchdowns. So I'm thinking, okay, they're probably going to throw the ball. I'm screwed. He gets to 50 yards and I'm thinking, oh, sweet, I'm going to win. And then I realized I was still one yard short of Tua getting to 250 and he never got it. So I was rooting for Ramondre and actually he needed to score the touchdown. He did because he, he finished with 50 yards without the touchdown mm-hmm. he would have not gotten 50 anyway so i basically rooted for him to get a touchdown and it didn't even matter you did i was disappointed by that i know i was disappointed in you but all right well next week next week we won't be in a half hour late for our show hope which is no one's fault i'm not mad at nick we had a weird that was weird i thought it was me but we went two hours with no problem it's all so. right so, yeah, um, that's going to do it for tonight. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow night for the Elite Eight. We will have the show next week after the Battle of Mid in Vegas. Watch that game's going to be electric, by the way, <laughs> that Steelers Raiders game. Um, so, yeah, tomorrow night, Monday night, double dip week two of the Elite Eight potential shakeup. Maybe we'll see um, for Nick. I'm Joe. Joey Palm Trees and South Beach. Nikki, we're going to ride out here. We're going to be in pink suits next week. We are out. This has been the Educating Nerds Podcast. If you ain't got your game, the best pass the sticks. And uh, yeah, the the Cole Strange attempted to pass, or Mike Gesicki passed the sticks to Cole Strange. Be better. Don't pass the sticks to alignment on fourth down. Uh, that's going to be it for tonight's show. We'll see you guys next week. Until then, we are out. Peace. <laughs>